Let us pray. Oh God, show us again how you are a God who is among us and with us and always calling us. Amen. This morning, this Mother's Day morning, it also happens to be the last Sunday in the season of Easter. In the season of Easter, we take several weeks to remind ourselves that in the resurrection, God proclaims that God's love wins. In the resurrection, it's not just something that happened once a long time ago, but the power of resurrection, the power of God's love is still very present in the right here and now of life. It's a call not only for us to hear that, love but to abide to remain to stick around in that love and in sticking around and abiding and staying in that love we hear more and more God's call that we love one another as God has loved us and on this last Sunday of the Easter season which is Mother's Day we remind ourselves that one of the ways that God shows God's Infinite love for us, God's agape love for us, it's unconditional love, is to remind ourselves of the lives of our mothers. Our mothers, both our birth mothers and those mothers of ours in our lives and in our faith. All of them are like part of the flowing stream of water that nourishes us as trees in life along our life. This morning, that image of stream and tree is in our reading from the book of Psalms today that we read. Psalm 1. It's the first of the 150 Psalms. I don't know if you've ever read any of the book of Psalms, but it's been known as the hymn book, the song book of the church, and even before the church of the Jewish people who still sing of that song book. If you've never read it, I hope you would. The biggest reason is because when you read it, you see the rich diversity of the psalmist as the psalmist cries out to God. And some of those cryings out is in thanksgiving and praise. Some of it is in lament. Some of it is shaking a fist at God and asking why and how long. Some of it is just saying, God, please help. Today we read the very first of these 150 psalms and, and many scholars say that this one is an introduction to the, all the rest of them because in this introduction to all the rest of them the psalmist says you need to make a choice it's a choice that seems very obvious between choosing to follow in the way of the Lord or not following it's pretty open and easy how to see it happy are those who do not follow in the way of the wicked and such. Instead, for these ones who are happy, the choice is their delight is in the law of the Lord. And as for those who choose to live in the light and the law of the Lord, it says they are like trees planted by the streams of water, which I mentioned earlier. Their fruit is yielded in season, their leaves don't wither, and all that they do they prosper. But for those who don't make the choice to follow, the wicked, they're like chaff that the wind blows away. Chaff is kind of like the stuff that's left over after the, the grain or the corn has been harvested. And then one last reminder of the choices 
The wicked will not stand in the judgment. Sinners won't stand in the congregation of the righteous because the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. It's kind of obvious in reading this psalm about the choices that are before us. And then I think the psalmist in telling us about this choice, it says, okay, now I invite you to read the rest of these psalms and in it reflect on the choice that you would make. Again, I'd encourage you to read it if you never have. But as I was reading this song again this week, that choice that we make, it may seem obvious in reading about it, but really in living it, it carries with it a lot of risk. It might want us to act in ways others than we might want to act, being encouraged to do by others that we don't, we do want to do, but we know we should not. I'd like to pull out a few of the words from that psalm to kind of lift up what I'm trying to say. The first two words are in the last two verses. Neither one of them really stand out in the reading, but they're very important words in the whole of the Hebrew Bible. That first word is the word that's translated judgment. That sentence says, the wicked will not stand in the seat of judgment. The second word is the word righteous. Says the congregation of the righteous and the way of the righteous. Now that word translated judgment is the word mishpah. Now when we think of the word judgment, we think of punishment. This punishment that's being doled out to someone who's done something wrong. Now of course God is the judge, but it's more than just about dishing out punishment. God more is, fa is focusing on what giving everyone what is due to them. For some, that might carry some sense of punishment. For others, that carries a notion of care and protection. That's the judgment, the mishpah that those would receive. That word mishpah is used over 200 times in the, in the Old Testament. And most often, the word judgment is linked with a group of people, the foursome of the widows, the orphans, the immigrants, and the poor. God's judgment acts in favor of the widows and the orphans and the immigrants and the poor. In other words, God acts in favor of all those who are vulnerable and that no one will stand up or speak for. The mishpah is about making sure that the vulnerable receive the justice, the just dealing that they deserve as God's children. In other words, God stands on the side of those that nobody else will stand with. And then the call for those who would follow to choose to do the same thing and to stand up with the vulnerable. Mishpah. That's a very loaded term. The other word is righteous. The Hebrew is sedek. Righteous or practicing righteousness. Uh, Siddiq speaks of living in right relationship with other people. A wholeness existing with all others. It's grounded in fairness and generosity and grace. That word is used about 200 times in the Old Testament too. And usually that word is used with the word justice, as, I mean judgment as well. Siddiq, righteousness, very often means the judgment, the justice being carried out. It's the action of judgment is righteousness. And there's one more word besides that one I want to say. I'm throwing out a lot of Hebrew today, I know. Sorry. 
It's not in our reading, but it usually is when those two other words, judgment and righteousness, are used. I mention it because it is my favorite word, and it is the word hesed, which means loving kindness. God is a God who is just. God is a God who is righteous. And God is a God who is a God of hesed, of loving kindness. These three words describe who God is and what God does and what God wants. The psalm begins with that word, happy are. Well, in our culture, we want to define happiness on our terms. Getting what I want, what makes me feel good, which, which, you know, which pleases me, my feelings are all happy. But in Scripture, happy is not about what makes us happy necessarily. It's about what makes God happy, what God wants. And sometimes what God wants it's not our own definition of what might make us happy, and yet we're called. Then the question, how are we to know what it means to live in that way of justice, to practice righteousness? I want to lift up another verse in there. It's the second verse. It says, their delight in those who are happy, their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on that law they meditate day and night. Unfortunately, when we hear that phrase, law of the Lord. We think of rules. We think of rules, some abstract rules that God has made up. And that if we want to be on God's side, we better follow those rules, those laws. And if we follow those laws, God will reward us. If we don't follow those laws, we will be punished. I don't agree with that. I think a better way to sense this is the word law is Torah in the Hebrew. And that means more instead of law, a better way would be Teaching or instruction. In other words, God's instruction for us in our lives. But of course, that's still a risk because it's not some abstract rule that we can say we follow. Instead, it's something that we must turn to each day. Later on, Jesus would be asked by the rabbis to point out what is the law? And they knew that. They just wanted to ask Jesus. And Jesus pointed out, and you've heard this before, the sum of the law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what the law of the Lord is all about. And it's never-ending. They meditate on it day and night, the psalmist says, in every situation of life, always considering what does it mean to choose to follow in the way of God. I got one more Hebrew word for you. It's the last one. And it's that word meditate, as in meditate day and night. Now that Hebrew word is haga. Now not only does it mean to meditate, it can also mean to moan or to mutter or to muse on. That word for haga, I read this in one person's blog, and I don't know if it's right or not, but it sounded pretty cool, so I'm going to tell it to you. You know what an onomatopoeia is? I'd forgotten too. I had to Google it. Onomatopoeia is a word that when you say it, describes the word itself. Like for instance, splash. Okay, splash sounds like a splash. That's an onomatopoeia, okay? And I won't spell it. Onomatopoeia. Well, this word hagah, and this is what this one blogger said, when you drag out the word and it sounds like Hagah. Yeah, that's what he said. He didn't say that. He wrote that. 
He says that that's the sound of a hungry lion out in the woods, feverishly looking for something to eat. Hagah is our meditating, is our feverishly hungry hunger, always seeking out what the law of the Lord is. What is the teaching? What is the instruction of God? It's something that we are totally dependent on in life. So to review, Psalm 1 offers a choice, to follow or to not to follow. To follow in the way of God is to be a people who seek justice, especially for those most vulnerable, who practice right relationships with all people, especially those who are most vulnerable. And life in this way is guiding by the teaching of God, a constant reflection on what it means to love God and to love others. And to choose such a way will always involve risk. Because it may be happy to God, but it may not always seem so happy to us. Because sometimes it calls us away from doing what we want to do and treating others the way we want to treat them. And it's calling us to commit ourselves, to chase after, to roar after what it means to love. And that's a hard choice sometimes. And yet we read this, that those who choose to live in that way are like trees that are planted by the streams of water. Those streams of water nourish and nurture those trees who are our lives so that the trees produce fruit. The leaves don't wither and all they do, they prosper. Prosper is not so much about getting rich. Prosper is growing in strength and encouragement and the commitment to God's way. We are those trees. The water that flows into and out of our lives that nourishes us to trees is the love of God. And one great example of God's love for us takes place in the lives of our mothers, our birth mothers, and our mothers who come along in life and show us in their own way what God's love is all about. For that, we give thanks to God and for God's love of giving us mothers who care for us. And now one last thing. I have to admit, what we're going to do in a minute, did you have, you got that? Okay. This doesn't really have much to do with the sermon. Okay? I'll just go ahead and admit it. It is a song that talks about trees by a stream, and that's where I originally read about it. And then I listened to the song on YouTube, and I could not quit singing that song in my head pretty much the entire week. So hopefully this will help me release that song. It's a cool song. It's a song actually that's in our hymnal, and hopefully we'll sing it someday as a church. But today we're going to play it on video. It's called, I Shall Not Be Moved. It's number 615 in your hymnal, but the words are kind of changed a little bit, but that's okay. It's a cool song. And this version is sung by a group called the Blind Boys of Alabama. This is my Mother's Day gift to you. Still a little sleepy. I want everybody. 
Now let us stand and sing our hymn of invitation and dedication, 